A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Back to the Poor Podcast, Rob D, the Dead Poor coming at you with a little hybrid podcast today. Um, usually, I have joined by my man, Todd Whitestone, from the SP Streamer, who writes the weekly article, free weekly article on spstreamer.com that goes over the main event fab rundown for the weekend, and as well as some of the standings. He still wrote the article, even though he's on vacation, but he was unavailable to podcast. So I brought on Jenny Butler, who is an accomplished NFBC fantasy baseball player, as well as she is now producing content on fan tracks and Rotoballer. Jenny is super smart, so good at this fantasy baseball game, great mind, and um, yeah, shared a team last year with her. It was good. She's really a phenomenal player. Excuse me, and then we also uh, I also got Jeff Zimmerman to come on the show. He of uh, Rotographs, Fangraphs, um, Rotowire. I mean, you name it. Jeff writes for them as well as writing the book, The Process, with Tanner Bell, and um, just doing has his hand in so many things. He's really super busy with the fantasy community and he does so much he puts out so much information and he on top of that he's just a phenomenal player as well um a lot of success in so many different leagues so um yeah we went over a little bit of the fab pickup for the weekend as well as just talking about their processes during the season what's gone good for them what's gone bad for them what they might on have on tap for next year and uh whole bunch of good stuff so um hope you guys uh enjoy um pretty good episode a lot of actionable stuff a lot of great advice from jenny and jeff and um yeah let's uh let's get hot you know it's just a stretch run baseball is almost over which sucks but um gotta do our best to do well in our fantasy league down the stretch as well, well just enjoy this you know last two months we're gonna get of some regular season ball into the playoffs so um, hope everyone is doing well, and let's go get it. All right, folks, welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Pull Hitter. My man Todd Whitestone is on vacation this week, so I got a new co-host for the week, Miss Jenny Butler. Hi, Jenny. Hey, how's it going? It's going wonderful, and we have a special guest here today, Mr. Jeffrey Zimmerman. He of, oh, I don't know, it'd be easier to just say where you don't work, Jeff. Um, <laughs> what's up, Jeff? How you doing today? Doing okay. It's um. Yeah, it's just one of those days. Just keep going. Been a long day, and um, sent all my stuff off to the editors. So let's talk some baseball. Yeah, yeah. So I I wanted to ask you, like, one of the things is 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 I'm always 
uh, amazed at how much, you know, work that you do in the baseball um, life. And then the chats that you do on Sunday night, like I can't imagine how many people must use like your ammo against you. Like, do you see it like happening in real time when you're like, oh, this guy was in the chat or this guy read my article and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sometimes. Um, the funniest is like, there was someone in the chat, like literally, because I just did the league and they're like, hey, which of these five guys that are available are you most, inter- I mean, you know, would you rank? And I was like, wait a second. I have those five people exactly in a league that I just got done ranking. And I was, you know, like in my bid list and I was just like, I'll just skip that question. I only get to like a 10th of the questions. Like someone's like, Oh, I didn't get your question. I'm like, I didn't get to most of the questions. There's just so many that are in there. And there's so many that are um, replicas. I should just like go through and be like, grab all the closer questions and just rank them. Like these are, these are what I think the closer should be. Um, and I usually go through there and try to find something like that, or like the rookie call-ups, how would I rank them and try to find, get the big questions out like right away and then kind of get to some individual ones. And, and I try to keep it with fab questions. Like everyone had, there's a bunch of trade stuff in there. And that's like, no one cares about trades on Sunday night. Like right. it's not the yeah. time for <laughs> me to deal with your points, you know, auto new trade, you know, with all these other, like, no, I'm worried about fab <laughs> right now. And, the one thing, like, it. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing last year, I must have messed some people up. I didn't know there's a second Barlow that showed up in Texas one week. Oh and, shit. And everyone's talking about, oh, are you adding this guy? And it's like, isn't he already added in like every league? Like, what are you guys doing? And then I like look after the fact, I'm like, oh, I must have messed some people up because <laughs> I didn't know the one showed up for Texas at all. <laughs> Completely off my radar. I was like, oh great. Everyone. Sorry, my bad. I just didn't know there was another Barlow closer that was, you know, moving in the situation. Right, right. It's amazing how much you can try to keep track of every single little thing and you just can't, like, it's just nearly impossible to keep track of all of it. Yeah, I usually, like, set my, like, goal at some point around, like, noon and I just go. Like, it's, like, go with it and I just try not to, like, get sucked in with the news and then, like, look at it maybe an hour before at the end to see if there's anything big. But, um no, missed him. My bad. That time. I feel sorry for everyone that I just was like, you guys are idiots. What, who's this Barlow? It's like, he's had the job. He's not losing it. You know, like he's had so it for a while. When do you, like, when do you try to get in your fab for the weekend by the time, like you start like doing your chats and doing any other obligations that you have to do for work? Um, I usually try to start and get most of it done. Like, first thing in the morning like um through other obligations i i just have kind of gotten to that point because there might be sometime my son might have a soccer game at nine or i have to go um see the kids church play at a certain other time it's i have to just work around all of that so if i know if i can get done and still have like kind of four hours to do whatever i want during the day even if i want to catch a game i can go do that but um, that's kind of where I stand. It's just between, usually the first thing I get up in the morning is edit the fab article. It's done Saturday night, but I can't ever edit it at night. Or so, always look at it again in the morning, make sure there's no news. It goes out. And then I just start my fab process, trying to get it done as quick as I can. Good. Yeah. There's a lot to do. I mean, because I feel like on, on Sundays when 
when I give myself that time, like you said, to maybe catch a game and just um, maybe I'll leave myself too short for fab. Or like you said, you, you, know, you look at the news at the, at the end of the day and sometimes I'm just catching up where I feel like so rushed and I hate that feeling because then it leads right into my, my fab bids. I, I do a lot of, um, a lot of changing numbers, <laughs> which I got to really stop doing. I think, I think I drive myself trying to go from seven to four and, you know, 12 to 16 too much. I don't know. It, I guess it's just, I guess it just makes me feel good. So that's why I keep doing it. <laughs> One week I, I rank them. I never put the dollar values in initially. One time I did the chat, I look at it, and I bet two-thirds of the team, they, everyone was a $1 bid. So in like a 30-minute time frame, I'm putting in dollar bids, having to check it, and just get it all done before Fab ran, like right right then. And I was like, oh, my God, don't want to do that again. But that's why, I, like, sometimes I'm like with the chat, I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to go look at my teams. Like something's gone on, or I just don't feel good about them at that point. Right. Yeah. I think it's usually, I'll try to catch you like your chat. I'll try to skim through it and see if anything, you know, see any of your best advice that you give. And then I try to catch the, um, the, uh, the, the expert league bids and uh, try to factor that into, you know, some of my bids as well. Cause uh, I think it's a good little uh, cheat code that comes out a little before NFBC. So we get, you know, peek into the, everyone else's minds first. Um, it definitely helps. I, I mean, it, I feel like it helps me, you know, with the market share. Sure. You know, because you can see who's reading Vlad's article, who's, you know, who's checking the bids. Um, it's fun. It's some people just don't look at anything and just like, I'm just going to do my own thing. But I feel like it helped. Jenny, what do you do? Do you try to cram in everything as you can or do you just have a little system and you stick to it? No, I try to generally stick to my system. Like earlier in the week, I'll go through and get the looking at all the ads and drops from the previous week out of the way, because that's something that, you know, doesn't change. So I'll get that done. And I have my my sheet that I carry around with me all week that I'm just writing down names as I go all week as I hear them on podcasts and stuff like that. I'll usually check the articles, you know, Jeff's article and Vlad's article just to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Mm-hmm. I generally don't use like their um, any kind of recommended amounts though, just because like every league is so different and the amount that I have in that league is so different and what I need on my teams. It's just, it, it doesn't work for me to look at some generalized number, but I'll make sure that I didn't like miss a player or something like that and then just put them through. And, you know, I think you and I kind of had a pretty similar process when we were working together on it last year. Sometimes you've had a, a little bit of a long day at the beach. Yeah, but, yeah, know, yeah. Other than that. <laughs> other than that, it went pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite part is when I read Jeff's article and Vlad's article and maybe someone like either slightly mentioned or like barely mentioned or not mentioned and it's a guy I really want. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> this is like, that's the ultimate thing of the week. You know, it's just like, good. Keep keep everyone away from, from this one person <laughs> that I want to bid on. It It helps a lot, you know. Uh, it's a, it's a good feeling. It's like, okay, no one's going to be on this player. Hopefully it'll be a little lower, but, um, I, I know Jenny, that you had a question that you've been meaning for me to ask other guests and I haven't, so I'm sorry, but, <laughs> but now that you could ask Jeff, get, why don't you ask him the question? Yeah. So the question that I gave to Rob, that I wanted him to ask, you know, some other players is that I noticed when we were working together last year, that usually, 
one or the other of us would get around to setting up the bid list and then the other person would go in and, and check it. And I noticed that you and I set up our list really differently. So like for me personally, I keep um, a really pretty strict um, balance between positions. So when I'm dropping a second baseman, my list is almost all second baseman or middle infielders or something like that. Like I drop a pitcher for a pitcher. And so all of my bid lists are all generally one position. And I noticed that you don't do it that way. And then I wondered like, well, what does everybody else do? Cause it's so hard, you know, you don't know what other people are doing. So I'm always just curious, like what other people do. So, so Jeff, what do you do? And that's with your bid list. Yeah, I do a lot before I get to that point. Like a lot of times look at the, what I need. And I kind of look at some players. I kind of have a list like you have, but since I'm on a computer all day, I can just, I just put them on a spreadsheet and have them. But I usually start with, who I want to play that next week, the lineup. And then I, um, it's like, okay, well, some guys just hurt and he's not very, a catcher. So like, I've got to replace a catcher. So I've got to go into my list and replace him with a catcher. That's what it is. And then I try to cover, have a backup at every position with two backups on the bench because someone's going to get hurt. That's, Works good enough to get through the week. Now, sometimes I've got three hurt players, so it's like five hitters are on the bench if you're talking about the NFBC. But, and then I'll go to the pitchers and figure out what's my rotation for the week. And do I need to add anyone to fill there if I've got, you know, someone that's got to start at Colorado and, you know, um, it's like, I'm just not going to use them this week. I've got to bench them. So it's like, oh, I've got to go pick up a pitcher. After I get, that requires, so it's usually like, okay, I got to fill this need on my team because for some reason, and then I've got to um, add a pitcher. Then I kind of have the multi, just best player available. Like I'm trying to, I'll just make a list of, okay, I want this pitcher that, you know, maybe this guy was in the minors and dropped, or this is a IL guy. And sometimes there's just no one there. So it's kind of like, I fill my need, I get my week set up. And then if there's any other spots, I'll go fill them up. Um, the other thing I play a lot of 12s is there's a lot of this guy's a small, maybe a weak play or a small improvement at like even going back to catcher. I find that like in 12s, I have one last round one because I feel like I can move that up. And that's like I slowly just improve that spot over the season. And so that's one thing where I just kind of look through them. It's like, oh, this one player's an upgrade. I'll bid on him. And if I don't get him, I, you know, my other guy's still fine. I don't need to do it. But um, no, I kind of do like a lot of the positions unless I don't need the player. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit of a weakness for me because I'm so rigid on keeping, you know, dropping and picking up the same position that a lot of times I like I hardly ever have a list of best player available. And it has caused me to miss out, I think, on some of those weeks where there's just guys coming up that, you know, are emerging you know, in playing time that are good to have. But I'm like, oh. I already have three second basemen. I don't need that. I need a shortstop. So I'll just make a whole list of shortstops when, you know, it maybe would have been better um, in the long run to have picked up that guy and like figured it out later, you know? And the one thing I pay up for probably to a fault is um, positional flexibility. I love those infield outfield guys. Those mm. are, those are gold over any other multi-position thing anyone that can yeah can go from the infield to the outfield it seems like you're hurting for outfielders brandon drury's great 
Quentin Merrifield. I mean, even if bad as he's playing, it's nice having those like flexibility. One team, I have both of them. I'm like, thank you. I can just add whatever player I want. So now if I look at those, I might even give those a bump more this year. Anyone that has that Trey Mancini, I'm trying to think of some other ones that do that. It's just so helpful. Yeah. With those. I yeah, dropped totally, Nolan yeah. Jones on Sunday and that broke my heart for, partly for that reason. Nolan Jones. Oh yeah. He's ain't playing. Yeah. He's not playing and he's doing all right. I don't, I don't know. There's someone that's just on the tip of my tongue right now that is, I feel like it's about to gain outfield that has even maybe second and third. I can't, Ooh, can't remember. I wrote it down somewhere, but I, I write things down in too many places. I have a spreadsheet, I have a whiteboard, I have notes, post-its. Just, I got to just consolidate. It's just too much. Um, just all over the place. But I think, Jenny, I think you had a little bit of influence on me because I, when I do my fabbing now, I, I kind of find myself like, oh, you know, uh, I'm like, wait a minute. These are all, you know, these are all middle infielders. I'm like, this is the, this is the Jenny rule for sure. But I think it's, you know, well, when, keep... you, when you have like a clear, like I need this spot, you know, it's probably going to be, you know, just that, you know, that one that you're adding, but I try to keep my mind open. Cause like you said, you don't want to miss that one, you know, guy that you're not being uh, attentive to, you know, just because you're so focused on one spot. But I think the, having the flexibility is huge. It just makes you be, you know, it just makes it able to float around and pick up anyone that you want. Yeah. On my, on my spreadsheet that I used to just sort of track my teams in season, I have sort of just way over on the side, just a, a place that's just, you know, listing how many guys I have available that are, that are eligible at each position. So, and I have it automatically highlight red if it gets down to two. So I want to have at least three, available at each hitting position if I right. can and mm -hmm. usually and, I, and at least you know seven outfielders if possible which is why that you know positional flexibility helps so much definitely I think I hurt myself earlier in the year when I was trying to like, carry more like good pitchers and I wasn't really having uh I wasn't really um you know filling in at bats as much as I probably should have in the main event at least and but even in the online championships too i i really wasn't playing the the stream game even though jeff you'll be proud of me i'm i'm first and second overall in at bats in the online championships oh man it's pretty good a pretty good feat though <laughs> but it's <laughs> i mean my home runs per plate appearance is is just brutal so <laughs> i just i'm probably too complacent with the guys that i have and not looking for i guess you know special upticks in certain stats because uh i mean i'm getting the playing time i just nothing's happening with the playing time yeah i got a couple of teams that were hurt by the home run and they just haven't become available there really hasn't they been haven't anymore. right yeah um i was like i was kind of like improved a little bit with um jack Sawinski. i was like i'll take the average hit like that was yes. fine and then he just but there hasn't been like the austin riley or really anyone that's like you've had a chance to kind of add the there's been some guys you thought, Mike, the couple guys for the Royals, Pascatino or something like that might have gone off, but they're just – no one's had that big bump with that. There's been the stolen base guys that people have um, been able to use, but no one on the home run front that's really been a nice boost. I know, and yeah, it's I been killing it, me because I'm, that's, I'm just 
toast and power in most of my fab leagues. And it's just, like you said, I just, yeah, Big Jack was one of my favorite guys all season long. He came along and I was so happy. I was like, yeah, the same thing. I take the average hit. I had some good average on those teams and he got sent back down. But yeah, I, I went hard for Vinny P for that reason. I got him in all leagues and overpaid in pretty much every single league. And Prado is the, um, is it Prado or Prado? How do you say his last name? Prado. Jeff? Prado, yeah. Um, so this week, once Otani got sat for the first game, I actually switched him to pitcher on two of my teams, and I had Prado on the bench. And so I put him in the util, and he, so far, got off to a good start in the day with a homer against Lance Lynn. So um hoping that he can run off some power because I need it. need it bad. Yeah, I think that um, this year, you know, I, I tend to draft, you know, pitching and steals heavy at the beginning, and you try to get those guys that are the, like, 20 to 25 home run hitters later in the draft. And those guys, I think are the ones that have been the most hurt by those dead ball. So, you know, those guys that you thought were going to give you, you know, something pretty good are kind of in that, Oh, maybe they're going to hit 15 this year instead of 20 or 25. And that can add up. Definitely. Definitely. I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that a lot more once uh, draft starts for sure. Um, so, Jeff, um, I wanted to know, since you have your eyes so much on the lineup analysis and your and your fab sheets and everything, like, what do you tend to be when the trade deadline comes? Are you trying to anticipate, like, playing time moves before they're happening? Or do you kind of wait a little bit after the deadline, wait like a couple of games, see what the teams are doing and try to pounce on what you think is going to be the new norm after that? I try to be proactive and I was bad at it. I <laughs> It was mainly with the Cubs. Like they traded too many other pitchers. I kind of picked up Efros everywhere. Like Me I too. didn't see him getting traded at all. I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh, they're going to keep him. He's controllable. It's perfect for who they want. And he was gone. And I um, thought half was going to be gone. So I kind of went out on some of their outfielders. I, I tried to be proactive. I'm trying to think if I hit on anyone. I don't think I did. <laughs> but then after the fact, you have to be like, You've yeah. lost players. Like you have to go look to see who's lost playing time. Um, I had a lot of Matt um Veerling, Veerling? Veerling, yeah. Yep. Veerling. Yeah. 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 He he's worthless now. Or and um there's just a lot of players like that where you just had to be like after the trade, like Iglesias, like even in my 15 teeners, like I made a ranking of closers and then put him where he was on it. Like, okay, where am I gonna keep him? And in my rankings, I dropped him everywhere. Like I never got to where like, he's the guy I want to keep over someone else. I mean, there, I think there was like 17 players. I deleted the sheet, but I went and ranked all the ones that were possibly available or that I had. And um, so, yeah, he was gone everywhere. If you weren't, if you probably didn't have five moves, if not more for like every team this last week, you're probably messing up. Like there was just so much, so many players that lost or gained value you just had to be and then there was like a lot of rookies that kind of came up we're going to talk about some of them like that montero for the colorado like he was kind of a sneaky one i don't know if he was sneaky but it's like if you ran any kind of like weekly projections and it's like if he keeps playing in colorado he's worth an ad so i think that it was a week not to take off and i think like this next week's even gonna be a bigger deal it's like seeing who was dropped like if some people mess up, I saw a Taylor Ward floating around and I was kind of eyeballing because my outfield is, yeah, exactly. is kind of um crap to be um kind. So I was like, oh, I'll, I can look at him in one of my M12s and stuff like that. I think that there was some people that might've been a little bit desperate or 
I think drops are kind of really important this time of year because even with like saves, some teams should just be dropping their closers because I was like, they've got a 30, you know, save lead in some of my leagues. You know, I wish I was the one that's that much, but it's like, I you just kind of keep your eyes open. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that was the first thing I actually did when I, when the fab was done, I reloaded my fab sheets for next week. And then I just kind of looked at who was dropped and there were some interesting, you know, drops that, I know we kind of think Devin Williams is going to be the guy, but like in a 15 team league where I need saves, a guy like Taylor Rogers might be a guy that I would just throw in just in case I get one for the week or, you know, every two weeks, like it's something I'll need to creep up to try to get some points and uh, definitely, definitely good to be aware of that. Um, yeah. I never got hey, really past uh, Will Crow. I think he was kind of like, I had him kind of higher than I probably should have, but I was just like, well, I'm going to get saves for at least a week or two. And yeah. guarantee those. So it was kind of didn't make it past him on a lot of my bid. Yep. Yep. I, I got a lot of, a lot of Will Crow this week and same thing as you last week, I was Scott F. Ross everywhere. <laughs> he was totally the guy that I thought he was going to be um, like this year's Kyle Finnegan, you know, like the top two guys in the pen get traded and he moves up and he gets it. And when he was the first one to go, I was completely devastated. <laughs> And then, of course, for like a brief hour, you just hope like you have all these things in your head. Well, maybe Holmes will just stink and Chapman stinks and Efros is the closer in the Yankees and I'll win it big. But that's obviously not going to happen. But uh, I have Efros in my uh, D.C. that I'm desperate for saves in because the saves in that league, it was one of those thousand dollar ones. And the saves went so early, like in like there was absolutely no closers left by round four, just literally none. And so I was I just ended up scrounging through the rest of the draft, trying to get people. And then when I thought that Efros might have a chance at saves, I was so excited about it, but, but no. Um, Jeff, you mentioned Taylor Ward. He hasn't really been great though, since the start of the year, you just, especially with that lineup, are you like just confident that like his, at least like his loud barrels and that kind of is it that, that's in play, just nothing's, you know, coming out of it that maybe you just need the playing time and a good outfielder to plug in there. That's just it. There's so many yeah. platoons on one team. I had Canna and Naylor and it's like, Oh great. You guys just went to your own platoon there. And I lost you. <laughs> he <both."> did. <laughs> they like, did. <laughs> there's so many, there's so many instances of like the platoons, just guys just, just lost them. And it's like, I just need full-time at bats. I'm just like looking at crossed, um, I even mentioned earlier, I noticed that Cal Mitchell got sent to the minors and he was on one of my bid lists because I was just so hurting for outfielders. And it's just like, great, out another one. And I'll have to go look, you know, make a list next week of outfielders I need to fill in for him. And we'll see how far I can make it down. And the other thing this week is, I don't know if it just feels like this first half is there's a lot of two and three game series. Like there's not a lot of guys playing right now. Mm -hmm. um, this first half of the week. So it's like, just wanted anyone. It's like, Oh, he had a four game week. Like, great. You know, I'll throw him in for this week and at least this first half not happening. So yeah, war is, I don't think everyone expected it to keep up, but just, it's just more of an accumulation play right now. I'll, right. I'll take what I can get. And right. um, considering the other, like he's definitely more than Cal Mitchell. Is what I'll yeah. say. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. I'll take that any day. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I know this, this week was definitely a week where it's been the, the most I've ever questioned, you know, is it worth 
making a move for this, you know, getting an upgrade on this person's two games, you know, um, Jorge Polanco, like, am I going to sit him to try to get a guy on the wire who's going to play an extra game than him, who has way lesser skills than him? I don't know. It's just, or like, um, or Rosarena was, I have him on a team where I need steals, you know, do, do I, you know, I know he gets caught a lot, but he also steals a lot. So, you know, do I chant him only playing two games? And of course he's going to, I guarantee you he's going to get two steals in these two games. And of course I tried to upgrade him. So, you know, those, uh, these are the battles that we, uh, that we do every week and the silly games that, (laughs) that we play. But um, how are your teams doing this year, Jeff? Um, Is, has there, is there anything that's like, you know, driven your team's success and anything, maybe that's, um, you know, hurt your team um, if they're not playing as well? Um, my teams are doing fine. I'm in f- always like to do good in my industry league, so I'm winning three of them. And um, we won't talk about Cat Wars. That's just been a complete disaster. I just tr- traded, <laughs> just added Tim Anderson for um, – I can't even remember who it was. And it's like, now I've lost him. So, oh man, it was, um, it'll come to me, but it was like, it was a closer because they needed a closer. I needed speed. And it was just kind of one of those needs trades. I kind of like those. And then I'm um, hater It's for hater actually. Wow. So, so that was great. And then, um, <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got some, a lot of teams, um, that are like just out of the money. Like a lot of fourth and fifth place teams that I can't like, I have to kind of keep paying attention to, and I'd like to move up in them and start, you know, or they could really move down like some of the other teams where I have them that are high up. So it's kind of one of these deals like I've got to keep crunching. And the way I built my teams is kind of for this time of year, where I will push more for pitching, and just hope to grind out the at bats and the stuff, and. So I'm kind of waiting for those at bats to start kind of cranking up for people to kind of quit. And so I can kind of move up. I have room to move up and hitting in a lot of leagues because I've concentrated on pitching. I just kind of stream off my bench. So it's how I built my teams. It kind of sucks because you're sitting here and you're just waiting for the move up. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm trying to think if there's, yeah, it's mainly I pushed. I really wanted to have my pitching staff set and then just grind hitting. And it probably wasn't that year. I needed to spend a little bit more on hitting, like um, talking about where I probably needed a power, an extra power bat across the board on every team. I'm kind of hurting for home runs. Um, just it's just the way it was. I needed one of those elite guys, and I'm kind of paying for it. But no, it's been nice. Um, um, near the top in TGFBI, I've got a shot at that. And um, again, huh? again, yeah. And then um, in the NF in um, the online championship uh dusty wagner and i are splitting five teams and one of them's in third so that one's kind of nice too nice. but um so that's um been a good one but the um the tg oh, that third overall am, team that third overall team is, is yeah yo, okay and then, okay and then i see nice. you you're, you're always bumping around on our other three <laughs> i've got one and then wagner's got um two of them around like the 40th area You've got an OC floating around in that area. We see you. I see you like around there, depending yeah. on what day it is. It depends. Um, yep. 
<laughs> Again, it's, that's a power, and 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 uh, it's just not treating me good for right there. I just feel like I'm so lagging in that. I think I'm like, I don't know, in the, like the 30th percentile of power, and I just, oh man, so many. It's, but, one of those, you know. yeah, one of those teams if, would be, I think it's second overall if I remove steals and saves, which you, you can't remove them, but it's like yeah. it's dominating the other eight. <laughs> oh, can we do that? Oh, sweet. <laughs> But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's also that team that's at 37th right now. If you have the list up, that's yep. the one where I have like six starters going today. So I know I'm moving up in strikeouts straight Ooh, up. Those are nice days. Yep. Yeah. So it's I've almost got like two starts. It was I was it was down because of it. I could just see myself just you can see the pitching stats are down, but it's like way up because yeah, I'm getting a ton of starters just all worked out. All the guys are going today, and they're actually pretty decent. So. I was like, oh, come on, guy. You need to get moving. And yep, you are. You already got 12 spots up already. So, yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. You got your Brady Signa. Uh, great start. Yeah, you ready? He, thing, he's been awesome. Yeah, the one thing in TGFBI, I actually have lost another spot, is I'm second. I'm first in the league, though, to the guy that's, or second in the league, first in the league to the guys. Um, but the guy first overall is second to me. We're in the same oh. league. Oh, oh really? Steve. Yeah. Oh wow, that's that's wild. That's so that, um, that's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> that's um, crazy how that worked out. You guys are you, that's that's not so you're you're in first in the league and he's first overall and you're fifth overall. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's a six point lead in your league. Wow, that's wild. That's yeah, so it's, interesting. It's mainly like the saves, like I can't move up, but I can move up in the overall. So I really need to kind of, it's been a drag all year to try to get it going. So hopefully I'll, I can move back up. I know where my things are. I need some stolen bases too. So we'll see how it all ends up. But yeah, um, maybe we'll see if we get the first or second, but um, it'll be um, interesting to see how that works out. And then the, with the money one, the side pot, I think I'm like second in that. So it's kind of, if I don't get first overall, I kind of want to win the side pot. So I think I got to get ahead of, ahead of Dylan White for that. Yeah. He's, it's crazy he's, that your league is like that. Cause I'm first in my league and I'm like 30th overall. <laughs> well, we have a guy that's I'm like in the thirties. Where's the other guy at? Um, 32nd. Ryan Amore. Uh, tough league. So, yeah. Well, it's, I think the reason this is it happens with some TGFBI teams is we have three guys that have quit. Two guys didn't yeah. make any bits. They have all their fab and one has 993. Wow. Yeah. So good or bad. It's like, that's what's happened. I've um, that there, I think some, yeah, some players have quit on it. So all the top end guys can kind of get, I mean, we only got a 12 team league effectively. So wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that happened in my league last year. It was just there was four people really, really trying super hard. Three people, you know, throwing a bit in here and there, and everyone else kind of checked out. So it was interesting. It just it messes up the whole balance of the league, you know. It's uh it's so odd because you're like, oh, I can, you know, if I if I could just catch up over here, and then maybe if this guy drops in this category, but wait a minute, that guy's not. And I drop in that quarter because he's behind people. He's ahead of people who are not trying. So they, they're not going to pass him, you know? Um, yeah, and they, I think they've walked in, a, yeah. they've walked in a good ERA, but the other thing to look at is like with your league, 
some of the guys may not have the innings that happened in Mars, like right at the end, the, the oh, there an innings team. minimum? Thousand. Well, they didn't oh, change it? their team, so they're all hurt. Oh. Oh. And or like they had a bunch of closers or something. So they just they didn't hit the minimum, which was not that hard to hit. But yeah. So they changed the whole league. Actually, they all moved down. I don't think you can move up. Is there's something about that? My home league, you can if you don't meet the minimum. But um, yeah, they all like drop because of it. If you don't meet the minimum, do you just lose the ratio points, or do you? Yeah. 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 Right. The case. Yeah. Yeah. The K's and wins can stay those points. You just get the ratio point down to down to uh, zero or last year, like you said. Um, Jenny, how are your teams doing this year? They're kind of a mixed bag. I've got a lot, like Jeff said, I've got a lot that are like sniffing the money, but not quite there. I've got one auction championship championship team that's doing well. And one main event that's kind of mediocre. And then I have one main event that just is terrible. And I cannot get out of the basement. I mean, I'm, I'm not in dead last. I'm in like 13th. But I have been working on it every week. I'm putting in my fab. That's the one league that I'm down in fab now because I've been making so many moves. And I am just like nothing is happening. And, of course, it's the league with, you know, with Todd in it. So Todd's in first First and second, it's real tight at the top. And then I'm like way down there and 13th. And I'm trying, but nothing's happening with it. I'm so I'm just to keep making my moves. And hopefully, you know, those other leagues, I'll get into the money in those and, and it'll cover me. What's the um what's the thing that you're gonna focus on most to like really close out your leagues and make sure you, you know, give that extra boost to give you a chance, uh best chance to win? Well, in some of the in different Different leagues, it's different problems. So, like, I in my good main event, I've got great pitching staff, like really nice pitching staff. But I am hurting in home runs and RBIs. And then, you know, in my auction league, I, I'm pretty good in pitching actually across the board um, in a lot of my leagues. But you know, I have in my auction league that I can, I still have a chance to win. Um, I'm a little low in steals, so I've got to, you know, just kind of try and maximize the bats while trying my best to kind of focus on the categories that I need to focus on. You know, it's, it's all kind of a basic strategy, I guess. Yeah. Do you spend time looking at like the teams around you, their rosters? Like do you fish around doing that at all? Or is it something you just focus on your team? I don't look at their rosters very much, but I do look at the standings. So I, you know, in my spreadsheet have, I download the standings every week. So it's all kind of, color-coded as to who's at the top and who's at the bottom in different categories and what the spreads are. Um, but I don't off, very often um, open up their teams and look at their players. I only play in 15 team leagues. So, you know, a lot of times you just sort of have what you have and the, you know, the waiver wire is kind of sparse and, you know, what they have doesn't affect me as much, I guess. I mean, I can't make decisions based on it. So I generally don't bother unless I'm just curious. Gotcha. Yeah. What about you? Do you spend any time looking at the teams around you, like who you can pass and what's on their team at all? Um, it depends what what I'm dealing with the teams. Um, I always start trying to win the overall if there's an overall component and mm-hmm. don't even worry about what's happening in the league. And once that, like if I make that switch 
then I will. Or if it's a, it's a standalone week, like where can I move up? I've given up to me. There's no way I'm going to win the overall. We don't have the home runs. There's it's there's no way I'm getting in the money. So we were like, where can we move up? And started making the focus on that. And um, we may be able to get like one point in runs and RBIs, maybe. But everything else, it's like, okay, we got We can move up in stolen bases. We can move up in average. We can move up in runs. So we kind of added those guys. J.P. Crawford, yes, leadoff hitter. You know, it's like, yeah, um, players like that is where we were focusing on with that. And you know, it's like if Otani or Devers hit home runs, that's fine if they get it there. But we're not. We've given up on that. And we'll see. Like, oh, we can move up in if we're close to a person that we're trying to move up. And with that one, it's everybody. So you can't focus, but if you have a fight with one person, it's like, okay, we can catch them in strikeouts. Let's, you know, pound strikeouts. We gain one, they lose one that helps a bunch. So I might mm-hmm. do more of that at the end when it gets closer here toward the end of the season. And depending on the league, there's one where it's, um, there's, it's where one's first and second, it's an OC and it's literally like both of us. We'll see if we lose anything, if it happens with the ratios, but you can just tell we're just streaming pitchers, just, insane like really bad pitchers trying to get the wins and strikeouts because we're kind of like first and second there so i don't know how that one's going to work out but that's the only time i ever look at what anyone else is doing i i've got so many other teams it's like Mm. i think you just nailed it that's it it's like having the other teams having to do the other thing yeah the other things for your team and you can't dive in, you know, I, you know, I, I, I do it with saves last year. I did it with saves when I really need to make a push and I needed to know like how many, you know, even half closers or guys like who might pick up a save during the week. And I, I just tried to look at the guys above me, see who they were still like throwing every week, you know, and I tried to project their saves going forward and see how many I would need to, you know, go past them and how many, you know, K's I might lose in, in the process, you know? So um, that's like the only category that I did last year with and the same thing this year. And, and, and one of my leagues right now, I'm trying to do the same thing with stolen bases. I'm trying to, it's so tight. Like where if I gain, you know, six stolen bases, it could be like five points. So, but um, I just felt like saves was kind of like easier to just, it's just easier to look through a team and see, all right, this guy's only starting one closer now and I can pass him, you know, if I throw in like four or five guys, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it's because of the amount of teams I have and I just can't, you know, dive in as much as to one team that should. So probably should just lessen the amount of teams. Uh. Well, <laughs> the other thing is anything with game theory, it's really tough to, do anything with more than two other opponents because mm. you have so many interactions when it becomes four or five teams. And so right now, when you don't, you're not focusing on one team. I remember one league a couple of years ago, Tanner Bell and I had, and we looked at it and like, we had to win strikeouts. Like that's where we can move up. I remember the last week. So people thought like we were going to give up on saves. We were giving up, a spot in that to try to gain like five points and but we didn't drop our closers because everyone thought we might still do that so we were hoping they would run their closers out even though we weren't at all we ran out nine two-star pitchers or what we thought would be and we never let we might have let early on but we led that league one day the one day that counted (laughs) really and um yep we were close we moved up a lot but no we only we led that league one day and like i said 
I'm sure the other person was really better that we came back, but <laughs> we actually won it pretty handedly because we were like right next to it. And we were, um, we were throwing guys like in Colorado, it all came down to like just plain volume of strikeouts and um, it worked. So it's one of those deals. It's tough when you got to like try to figure out five people you're trying to deal with. Like, am I right. It's like, oh, what are they? Like, I don't know what they're all going to do. And what if this person, are they, you know, they trying to adjust for everyone. I'm just trying to gain my points right now. And maybe even in the last two or three weeks, I'll concentrate on one team. Makes sense. So we mentioned the home runs um, and the power, but there anything you guys have on your mind, like from what you did this year, where you're already stuck in your brain, like it might be something different that you try next year. It could be either strategy, just type of plays you drafted, anything. Or is it too early for that? Yeah, I think I need to, uh, to besides the powers, I, the thing is I never will draft those guys that are all power and no, you know, the Jordan Alvarez is doing Pete Alonso's Aaron judges and Aaron judges actually contributed some speed this year. So like, I really need to get back on that. But the one thing that I would love to hear from both of you guys too, is I feel like there's been a ton of conversation lately about safe strategy and whether this year's safe strategy and pushing up closers was a good thing or not. And I've heard a lot of people, you know, after the trade deadline and stuff with Iglesias losing his job and some other stuff that's saying like, oh, this is why you don't pay up for those top closers. And I really kind of feel the opposite. I feel like I, you know, I did pay up for closers this year and I think it, it was a good thing to do. And I think I will probably do it again. Um, one change, you kind of brought it up. Well, I want to have like the guys I really like. I remember Aaron Judge being at the top of my draft list at times, and he was the most valuable player. But like, again, it wasn't, there was no steals or whatever. I think I'm going to have some teams that are try to draft some with like different um, players no matter, at the top or a different strategies at the top. And just so I don't have like the same builds across the board is I kind of had these like speed ones with some speed. And then I kind of went with like the closers and starters. It's just differentiate how I build my teams mm -hmm. a little bit. And um, so like, I don't come in with the same strategy and then it doesn't work. We're like, like maybe next year they juice the ball again. Who knows what MLB is going to do? Yeah. And like every, everyone hits, you know, 50 home runs. So that is completely in play, you know, maybe 15% chance, but I want to have at least a team that will handle that, that type of move. Um, so I think that's the one thing is just kind of have a few teams with different builds. Um, that's with, smart, the, yeah. with the saves, um, there's a tweet thread with, I think Phil Deso gave me the old like happy Gilmore, like cut your throat little thing that been, uh, <laughs> they, they had in it where it was like those top closers, everyone's like, oh, they give you saves. That is like the most wrong thing. They're like, reasonable with strikeouts and their ratios are like more helpful than most starters. Like once you run yes. the numbers on them. So there's like 10 of them that were projected to help you with those ratios. But then below that there wasn't right. But everyone like, Oh, I need to get saved. So all these crappy closers got pushed up mm -hmm. that weren't, right. they, they were only save help. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is to know which one's helping you in three categories. And most of them, like I said, their strikeouts will be helpful over the season. They're a lot better than, you know, 
Domingo Vermont. I mean, you know, there's just some horrible starters that people are throwing out. Like they'll give you enough strikeouts that they're not a drag, but they're helping you in three categories. It's the guys that are just helping you with just, just the saves are the ones I want to stay away from. Like once those guys, once the ratio help is gone, I'm out. I'll just wait yeah. to the end and um, stream during the season. I'll try to get at least one of those guys early. And maybe I think that there's someone else later. Um, I liked Kit Bridge for a while and then everyone else caught on to him because he was really late. Yes. There were some people like that, that you, you thought you could get a little bit later. And um, even my TGFBI team, my first one, like it went crazy. I went back to look at it, like, why didn't I not have any starters? And my first one was Scott Barlow, which I actually mm-hmm. kind of had as a later guy, but um, I was hurting for saves for a long time. And I was like, well, once I got him and it was just like, I'm not paying up for any of this junk. Cause it's yep. like, they're just saves and I'm just going to have to try to stream it and hope for the best. So I think that's the biggest key is just knowing those. I don't mind paying up for them because they help you with multiple categories. They're tough to get and I'll probably do it again. But once that cutoff where it's no longer three category contributors, then I'm done. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah and I, I think that, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, good. I was just going to say, I think that people don't, the other thing that people don't factor in when they're talking about paying a high draft price for saves is the amount of fab. If you're trying to get a closer all year to cover, you know, a guy that lost his job or something, the amount of fab that you're spending and the amount of like time and effort that you're spending looking for those guys is huge. You know, I, I drafted, I did four drafts in Vegas and I got two good closers in every one. And it was like two, you know, top six round picks. Like I didn't, you know, mess around and uh, I haven't had to deal with all of this closer speculation all year. And there hasn't even been a ton of closers that have come up, you know, there's, you know, people want to talk about Holmes and Helsley and stuff like that, but um, you know, only one guy, one person in your league is getting Clay Holmes. So Mm -hmm. like you have to, you know, everybody else is still scrambling. So I think that the, the effort and fab that you can save is also really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Effort and dollars are, are, are crucial to your, your week. For sure. <laughs> yeah, we got um, a lot of um, slack in our auction, which were, I don't know, first or second, us and Lindy Hinkleman are just neck and neck, depending on the hour or, you know, how the wind's blowing. But um, we paid up for top um, catchers because we're like, we thought they were undervalued, especially for their steals because we got Real Muto and Varsho. And we're like, oh, if we can get like 20 steals from our catcher, we can deal with it otherwise. And then top two closers and um, Presley and Hader. And it's been nice. Like I said, it's first place team, but we spent, it's kind of like how I like to do auctions is just pound round three through five and then play the end game. Just get as many of those guys as I can, like not stars and scrubs, like semi stars and scrubs. And so I get the 20 to $30 guys until I got like 30 bucks left and then bottom feed. And um. The weird thing is I hadn't done an auction to that point. And with drafts, I was, and many times I had 10 pitchers and 10 hitters at round 20. And like, you can't do that in an auction. Like you're only allowed nine pitchers. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, it's always a little bit weird. Like literally, like when it came to like the draft time, it was like 45 straight pitchers taken or something crazy like that. Cause you can just tell people wanted more, you know, when it came to the, the reserve rounds. But um, now when it came to draft, I was like, I had no problems 
you know, waiting out on my last four guys, like, you know, last catcher, middle infielder and outfielder, you know, we can fill those in at any point and you're going to drop them anyway. So I didn't mind them being my last picks, but, but in the auction, it's a little bit more. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. The secret little um, advantage of having Otani in an auction (laughs) is you can move them (laughs) to either utility or pitcher and get that extra spot in the auction, whichever one you decide you need. Yeah. Like later on in the auction, if you decide, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll put them here and you know, yeah, I did an auction. You can get 10 pitchers that way if you want to, you know, right. You can true. Good point. I did an auction um, draft champions this year and it was so crazy. Cause like you said, Jeff, like when you come out of the auction um, it was so different because I was doing a lot of draft champions where, you know, what's happening in those, you know, in those certain rounds where it's just certain guys going, it's like outfielders are getting pounded and, you know, people are trying to fill in power and speed and in, in the auction, it, it was done and the ADP was just whack, like so way off of then, you know, of what it normally was. And it's just, it was different. It was something that you really had to adjust to, 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 um, you know, to make it work. But I hear you with the $20 guys, Jeff, I did um, not like um, not the big auctions that you guys do, but uh, just like a 150 league. And um, I just, stacked up on starting pitchers that weren't the top guys, but just 20, like 16 to $22 starters. And I haven't had to, you know, fab starters all year. Just like you've said, like streaming from my bench, just, you know, really good starters. And seems to be something that one of the things I got right this year was uh, going that route. But I hear you with, um, I wanted to bring up Aaron Judge too, because there were so many drafts where he was, uh, just with the SGP, just with skills-based uh, drafting, he was just like the guy that was always there when it was my turn to pick, and I just didn't fucking get him anywhere. And I'm so mad because, like, I don't know why I'm making these lists for if he's there and I'm not taking him. But it's just, <laughs> it's just so strange. You know, obviously it's hindsight right now because he's been amazing, but there's something in my brain that's not allowing me to pivot to certain you know certain players and um i gotta do better of that next year because it definitely limit and and i remember to the draft where i could have could have taken him and i just got stubborn and like oh let's just go with uh you know the second closer or this 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 picture that i really want that no one's gonna take at you know this pick anyway but i'm just gonna jump adp because you know just the way i like the draft but um and the closers too, Jenny. I think, yeah, I've heard some some talk about the closers on some recent podcasts, and I hear a lot of the auction value that they're spitting out. But and they're talking about the auction value of the players around them that are so much higher. But what they didn't talk about was the auction value compared to the other closers, and that's the difference. And that's where I'm listening, and I'm like, I respect everyone who talks about it, but. Yeah, so this outfield that went before him is $37, but what about what this reliever is to the 15th best reliever and how much of that difference is? Because that's what it's about, right? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like all the top guys, like just, just the save list itself, Hader, Rogers, Diaz, Romano, Classe, Jansen, okay, Daniel Bard, that was a later guy. Hendricks, Presley, Jorge Lopez, again, later guy, but Soto, Kimball, Scott Barlow, Bednar, 
these are guys going to the top 200, you know, a lot of them top 50, top 60. So, um, of course, you're going to get you guys that sneak up in. Um, but I heard Phil Dusso actually on Zach Waxman's podcast mentioned something on his on the draft champions teams where he, um, you know, picked two closers early and then like speculated late. Now he almost like he's like, I hit on late closers and now have like too many closers, like too many saves, you know, like if that makes any sense, like, so you, get your, Phil would say you, know, you get your hater no, and, you get your class so a, and you get Jorge Lopez in the 44th round, but now it's like, should I have, you know, gotten, you know, power earlier? It's, it, it's hard. It's, you know, obviously you don't know that Jorge Lopez was going to, you know, be this good. You know, we, we, we knew maybe he had a shot to get some saves, but not be like a lights out closer. But I feel like next, you know, this year I tried to get one early, get one in that middle pack, and then, you know, one later on to speculate on and try to get him throughout the season. But it's the second guy that killed me in every league. You know, Trevino was my second guy in one league, and that just didn't work out. Um, and I felt like Scott Barlow was going too high. And him and Soto, I felt like got pushed up too high where I was like, ah, I don't like the spot they're in, you know, like you were mentioning, Jeff, like they got pushed up to a level that may have been too much, but um, it, 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 it's tough. I mean, I think Iglesias has been just, him and Chapman have been disappointments, obviously, but I mean, we didn't know Iglesias was going to get traded. I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the Angels being this bad. I mean, with Otani not in the lineup yesterday, it looked like the worst lineup I've ever seen. I just, I don't know how they've gotten to this point, but um, yeah, but I think closers next year, I think it's going to get even more pushed up, to be honest with you, especially those top guys. I think Diaz, Classe, Hayter, they're just going to be on the wheel. I think back end of the first round, you know, I know Dalton Del Don is definitely going <laughs> to, he's already <laughs> thinking about it then. It's, it's, it's He's had that strategy already. <laughs> well, the, the infamous Loud League main event, I was, I was in that <laughs> one. And, well, we had Del Don like first or second. I can't remember which draft. He was right at the beginning. So everyone knew he was going to start. I think he started with Cole, but then he was going to have the turn coming back. So our pitching got pushed up quite a bit. And it was like, I remember Scott Jenstead probably said something about it. It was like, oh, all these hitters fell. And it was like, yeah, because everyone knew there wasn't going to be any pitching. <laughs> and then I think Jenstead's like first in the league, but like almost last in pitching. Like he's because that, that's just how the league went. It was right. um like everyone yeah. kind of knew it's like, okay, we've got Del Don over here. We're gonna push it up, and then everyone started pushing it up even more. And um I think that that's one of the coolest things about drafting with people who, you know, like it's going to have a tendency to do something and how everyone starts to react to it and how you have to, you know, shift your strategy or just go with it or go against the grain. You know, it's, it's fun. Those are yeah, fun. That was, that was the league we, uh, Tanner Bell and I share the team and we sat down and we mapped out our first two or three rounds because we, we were going to have Woodruff or we we're trying to think like we were at eight. And we're like, we're probably going to get Woodruff, Otani, and I can't remember who the other one was. It was likely going to fall to us. Probably, maybe, possibly to Grom, and we were going to pass on him. And um, and then the second round, we're like, okay, coming back, we're probably going to end up with Machado, is who we were thinking. And Devers fell to us. And we're like, well, this wasn't in the plan, but we'll take Devers in the freaking middle of the second round any day. Mm -hmm. And um, 
so yeah, we started with Otani endeavors and are like last in home runs. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just how that league has gone. I'm Jenstead's like got them all. I think that's one thing is if you have someone with like really strong in that, like the rest of the league doesn't have it. I was in the main last year. I think it was a main. Yeah, it was our main and, um, we won it, but Del Don was in it, and he won saves by like sixty. Oh my god! And he didn't drop them, and we're just like, like, okay, you've got it covered, but no one else in the league. Like he had four, four, five, four elite closers, and just destroying pitching, but um, it didn't do any good. But it was like cost the rest of the league saves because they just weren't available. Right. So um, I made that yeah. mistake last year in my online championship league i i had saves and i i kept i i i like put more starters in because i needed it but i didn't drop those closers like i i kept two on the bench for the just in case because i was like well i don't want to fab them back if my one guy gets hurt and it was it just ended up being a mistake i think that's that's a good point it's just like knowing when you don't need the guys and just using it for other resources and let everyone else fight over them if a bunch of other people need saves, they can yeah. sit let there them golf. Spend, yeah. Let them spend all their fab on him. Like mm-hmm. yeah, totally makes sense. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about some fab that happened this weekend. Um, you know, my guy Todd usually runs through his article. He does a pretty good job uh running through it. Um, we're just gonna talk about some of the top top ads in the main event, but I'm um, just wanted to see where you guys are at with your money situation so far in your leagues. You guys have a lot left to spend, a little. Um, I'm down to one. I'm in the 140 and one, no, 125 and one main and about 200 in the other. And my online championships, I'm all in between uh, about 180, 220, and 260 and another one. That um, Where do you guys stand? I went and looked. I, any, go ahead, Jenny. Oh, sorry. Um, I am in my two mains. I'm at 264 and 97. The 97 is my terrible league that I've just been struggling to help it all year. I've got two on um, auction championships too, and I'm at 209, 226. I'm right in that like low to mm. mid 200s range because I'm I'm pretty conservative bidder. So I'm I'm in, sitting with a decent amount left right now. I think that's that's a good amount. Yeah, absolutely. I went and looked. I was anywhere between $80, and that's probably another one. Actually, there's one league where I've just been scrambling, and then there's another one where I think I'm at like 90, and I've got like the third most. Like everyone else has just been blowing it also. Wow. So it's one of those like like that'll be fine, but there's wow. the other one where I'm like at 80, and I'm like last. You know, it's like <laughs> I have the least amount left. Yeah. Like i I have to keep grinding and that's just the way it is. Um, so yeah, it kind of depends on the league, like how much there's one where I'm kind of mad. I didn't boost a few values. Like everyone else is dead and we're finally getting some, but it might just be too late. Like I should have probably paid up a little bit more early on, like the 300, I looked back and it's like, Oh, I could have spent a hundred of this had 200 left and had some better players. So that's one where I need to, it was just like at the end of the week, I should be lower if I had won some of my bids, but it didn't. So I think that that's one of the, a few times I think I should have just gone the extra 20, $25 to try to get like a stud or try to figure out who those guys are. I think you're right. I think there was a lot of that I've been looking back and seeing in my, in my online championships where um, like you're saying, just like 
not being able to stream the power as easier as as easy as I thought it was going to be. And um, just maybe, you know, bending up on a guy that would have been a regular, you know, in my lineup all the time and instead of trying to find the best situations every week. So, uh, yeah, we live and we learn, but like it's the good process to go back and, um, you know, well, speaking of the process, when do you usually get started writing your book, Jeff? Is that something that's like a like a year long thing, or do you put that aside for a certain time? Um, we've been having ideas, but usually not writing anything. I don't. Tanner might because he doesn't really write any other place. So if he ever feels the need to write, he'll do something for it. But it usually starts right away because the one thing we have to go grab because some sites change them is all the final standings points. So we usually yes. start grab all the standings because I know some people that's all they buy it for. And um, this next year, I know the one other thing we're going to do is to have the individual league standing points and then like the overall ones too. Oh, cool. Do the standing gains points for overall contests and um, put those in there also. So, um, wow, nice. Yeah, we'll start then. And it, trying to decide, actually, I'll be able to do more studies this year. Last year, I went and went through it and probably cut 40 pages out. It was just kind of getting bulky. So we kind of, we kept adding studies and didn't kind of clean them up. So hopefully I'll be able to add more this year. But last year was trying to just, you just thought it was getting too big and um, hmm. try to like clean some stuff up. So there's all the detailed studies. You, if you want to go buy the book and look at them later, but a lot of this last year was a lot of like, this is what we found. Here's the table moved on. And then you still yep. like five pages. Yeah. So, um, that was the one thing that I kind of changed the most like this last year I did Tanner added some studies in, but we have a, quite a few studies we want to do. And the one thing that we had problems with and we don't know how to deal with is if like in an auction, I find it easy to be like, all right, I like this player better than another one or in a draft. So you just move them up a couple spots. Now, how do you move that to like auction dollars? That's kind of like the subjective oh, things like yeah. injuries and stuff like that. Or you're kind of worried about the playing time with the platoons because how do you put a dollar value to those? So that's one thing we're kind of dealing with. And we might even recommend a different auction strategy or valuation strategy for that. Once we, um, um, we write it that we've kind of moved to also. So I don't know for sure how all that's going to work out, but um, that's the one thing that we just kind of have struggled with is kind of inputting the dollar values of like risk of like yeah. the downside for players or upside for players. Interesting. That's great. I know anything you guys. Now I'm excited for the process. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, <laughs> honestly, I refer to it all year long. Like it's, you know, I've had Best. people say, oh, you know, it's a, uh, is it a, you know, is it a draft book? I said, no, it's a life book. <laughs> it's like, it's always, it's, it's, it's on my desk. I have, you know, like little tabs for it, for things I want to refer to because uh, it's just, <laughs> con yeah, there it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Mine's right here. I just um, can't reach yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just easily accessible and it's always you can always refer to it. It's just really dynamite, you know? So uh, I love what you guys do. It's just, it's just awesome. I remember the first year I read it, I was, you know, I was really upping my fantasy baseball uh, 
life. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, what have I been doing for the last like 10 years? Like playing, I haven't been playing fantasy. I've just been like messing around. And then I read that and I was like, it's almost like when it's like, you know, I don't know, you read a good book too. And you're like overwhelmed by this like life thing that it brings to you. And I just like reading the process is just the same way. I'm just like, Oh God, I'm like, I've been doing so many things wrong for so long. <laughs> We're also having a spiritual awakening. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> seriously. It's uh, it was a lot, and it's just like there's just so much more to get through in this book. But it's uh, it's great. It's um, so good job and uh, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so this week, um, in the main event, Elujeras Montero was the top ad in 40 leagues. He went for as high as 36 bucks. Um. I actually kind of thought he was going to go for a little bit more money um, all the way around. Um, do you guys have any interest in Montero? I mean, he's been playing pretty well. They had, a, I think, a, 11 of the next 14 are in cores. Um, any interest here in this bet? Um, I was just as a streamer, like if he moved up. So it's so it's so tough to have those rocky guys that aren't productive on the road. I don't know what he is that way. Um mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, well, am I going to end up dropping him? I did. He did have like the split week. I don't know if they start split week the whole way out the rest of the way, which is even more of a challenge with those guys where you don't use them like a half the time. Right. So he was on some list, but he wasn't a priority. And then a few places I got him and it's like, I'll stream him and I'll probably drop him. I'll, I'll see how everything is, but there might be a chance he's on the waiver wire next week. Yep. Yeah, I didn't... Uh... I, I, he was a little bit under the radar for me. Like I was aware of him. I had him in a couple lists, but I didn't, I definitely wasn't as much on him as everybody else seemed to be, which was a little surprising. I actually had Jonathan Daza um, over him and some of my lists because he's kind of similar in my opinion. He's been starting every day. He is playing a little bit higher in the lineup so far. And he's got a good batting average. They both kind of seem to have a good average. And I don't know enough about what Montero is going to do, you know, home run stolen base wise. So I had Daza um, ahead of him. It's on my list. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I I didn't really have a spot at the corner for him, for Montero in my mains. Um, sorry, I have to mention names, you know, they people don't like when you don't keep mentioning names. Uh, I don't know if you've read those threads, people freak out. You know, just listen. <laughs> How about you just listen? <laughs> but um, so um, I picked him up in, in my auction league where I had a hole at third base for sure. But um, it'd be interesting to see what he can do going forward. Um, either he's going to like you said, Jeff, he could be right back on the waiver wire. He could be right back in the minors. Who knows? You know, the Rockies, I think that's just the other added twist to it. It's just you don't know what the Rockies are going to do. Um, but one guy in the Rockies who I have on a lot of draft champion teams, Connor Joe, I mean, he just like disappeared. Uh, and yeah, it's crazy. He's one of those guys, too, if you, you know, which is really important to just, um, you know, pay attention to your to the lineups, you know, because all of a sudden he kind of like stopped playing every day and then stopped playing like, you know, a lot. And it's one of those things, if you just kind of like on that auto start, like, Oh, he's in Colorado. Like, and I'm going to play him and he's just not even playing. It's one of one every two or three games is getting in now. It's pretty, uh, pretty disappointing year for, for Connor Joe, for sure. Yeah. He was with him and Daza kind of both, um, or just killed each other's time there for a while. They're kind of in a time split. So Daza wasn't even rosterable. And I didn't even notice he's until this last week, I looked at the lineups. It's like, wait, he's starting again. 
like, you know, it's one of those deals where it was like, he wasn't, he was even at home. Daza kind of had the Connor Joe bit going on. I think a lot of it has to do with um, Chris Bryan, if he's playing or not. Is, yes. Um, or if big, if there, but um, I think that that's kind of really messes up their lineup even more. It's not right. like it's a normal, like normalcy that- going on there. Yep, and that's a big wild card too for Montero if uh, Bryant makes it back. But um, his back injuries are tough to uh, disappear for sure. Um, the next guy, next most bid on player was Bubba Thompson, picked up in thirty-eight leagues for as high as forty-one bucks, uh, for as little as two bucks. Uh, it's a big-time stat in the in in the minor leagues. Um, guys, have any interest for this speed threat? In some of the leagues where I needed steals, I definitely had them in my list. You know, you just got to do what you can sometimes to get those steals guys when you need it. So I didn't get them anywhere. And maybe I'll regret that. But there was a couple of leagues where I needed steals and I definitely had them in the list. Um, I was kind of like Jenny, depending on the league, he was like at the top of the list or he wasn't even like an option. And the worst thing right now is in a lot of places, he's got like um, – He's facing Houston this week. Jeez, I picked him up in six leagues. Um, more than I thought. But he um, – it also says how many leagues I've got too because I have 11 shares of Braxton Garrett, and that's only like um, – the um, the deal with Bubba, though, is he's kind of – you almost have to sit him this first half of the week. Like he just doesn't hit for average or anything. I just don't think he's going to get on base to get those steals. So it's like you added him and then you're just benching him because you're just hoping like it'll be better. So um, in a couple of leagues, I had to start him. There's already been some injuries to some of my players. So he's in there, but it's kind of a, like I said, it's, it could be the point where he just gets struggles here and is demoted by Friday. Like you said, like Houston could just tear him up over here, Verlander and Javier for a few starts and then he's done. So it was kind of a tough one that I didn't want to put too much money in, but it's also like you had to take the chance that you could hit like a John birdie type thing. Yeah, I know. I didn't have him high enough in my bid list and he actually didn't even go in, in one of my mains, which is a really tight race right now for, for stolen bases. Um, And so if, like you said, if he, if he goes right back down to the minors or just look terrible this week, he's uh, definitely, Definitely going to get, um, you know, be someone I'm not going to keep my eye on for sure. But if he does have a little run, you know, probably going to be a little more expensive next week. But I was surprised to see that he didn't go in, in my one main. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's, it's so hard with these speed guys because I, I think a lot of the difference, too, is is like seeing what a lot of the minor league guys are doing with the pitch clocks and like the different rules, right. In the minors and they're kind of maybe having better success. I don't know if that's something that is, is worth exploring in the off season to see that difference and, and, and um, you know, and also how that's going to translate into the pros. Right. I mean, it's going to be a thing soon, right. Uh, the pitch yeah, clocks. You know, and- someone should write an article about that at Rotographs and have it published about two weeks ago, you know, type of thing. <laughs> You know, it's it's out there. You know, it's. Like, Did you do you know, it? Maybe someone should. Did do I miss that. that one? Yeah. Oh, see, that was vacation week, so you got to give me a pass on that. Did you really? <laughs> shit, no. I'm just a big bag of shit. I'll be the first <laughs> one to say it. That's uh, I did not see that one. It's crazy. I think I've read everything but that. Okay, 
All right. Well, I'm ready to end well, this now podcast. Well, now you got it. I'm ready to end this podcast now because I feel like a, <laughs> a, a big a big weenie. But um, okay. So anyway, <laughs> we'll move on to Nick Gordon. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so Nick Gordon, tough week this week with the five-game week. A lot of lefties coming up as well. So, but he's been getting in the he he's been getting in a little more into the lineup and um definitely showing some some good skills this year. Did you guys have any any interest in Nick Gordon? I picked him up in my best league, my auction league, and and benched him, but you know, I figured he can do a little bit of everything and, you know, he seems like he's playing. So, you know, in a 15 team league at this time of the year, that's kind of, that's kind of what you have to go with. You kind of have to just take a leap of faith and, and hope that he can keep it up for another few weeks, you know? Right. And you got that shortstop outfield that we were talking about before. Yeah. That's, that's pretty valuable. Yeah. His power has gone up. I think it's ISO like every month. So he's, and he's also like hitting the ball in the air more, which might be part of it. So no, he's, a, I think he's a nice play as long as he's playing. That's kind of been an issue with him all year is he's only starting like half the time, two thirds of the time. I don't know if Kepler comes back, if that changes some of it. It, um, it might help that Kirloff's now out for the whole year. So I think he's rosterable if playing every day. When he starts getting to like two thirds of a time, half time, I think you have to move on. Right. Yeah. It's um he has played versus the last three lefties. So I like you mentioned with the injury to the curl off, it's just uh that guy I, I don't think he, you know, it's tough. He's just never never been healthy. I don't know if you if we'll ever see him, you know, uh be the guy that we thought we were gonna be. But um yeah, Nick Gordon is um I know he's definitely definitely got a lot stronger or he just change the swing path. He's, uh, he's definitely lifting the ball a lot more and, and, and hitting it for some decent power. So um, I'm hoping that he sticks in the lineup and and get a nice little boost. I picked him up in a couple spots again, hard, hard play this week, but um, you know, you never know. Give you a little uh, shot in the arm for speed and uh, power this week. Oh, we got Ian Kennedy. He was next up on our list um, picked up in, Let's see, 35 main events for as high as 69 bucks. They said they were going to go to a closer committee, but um, kind of think he's going to get the most opportunities for sure going forward. What do you guys think? I I think he's fine. I think he was just on the list, and you just add him for saves this week. He picked up the job, and um, mm-hmm. it, if, like I said, if you need saves, I don't think he was – for me, it wasn't like at the top. I think Felix Bautista was actually like talented. Like he could help you with all the categories. Yeah. Kennedy's just a saves play. And Rob, I owe you a terrible apology. You didn't miss the article. It seems like Paul Spore has missed the article and it's actually been in the queue <laughs> for three weeks. Oh, okay. I was going to oh, say, no. I don't think I, I, was like, I, go, I go look for it. <laughs> I, I also have a problem. Like if I give it to him, like on a Friday or some, or especially on um, today, Tuesday, I take Wednesday off and usually like Thursday morning, like that's some of my weekend days is actually Wednesday. I don't work at all. So it might have been, I just sent it to him and thought it got published, but no, it's been in the queue for three weeks. I just let Paul know. So, okay. Damn it, look at it. What's he doing? We need this valuable that. information. <laughs> I was like, where's it at? And I was like, Oh my God, it hasn't even run yet. I'm like, Oh, great. He's sitting on the info and using it for himself. 
No, I was going <laughs> to, I'm like, they, I'm like, man, do they really do that? Because I mean, even, even when I was on vacation, I, I tried to, you know, you know, definitely read the, like my go-tos, you know, I, I always find time in the week to, you know, read a lot of random stuff, but I was like, definitely getting on fan graphs, definitely getting on HQ. And then after that is whatever, you know, is gravy. But that was like my morning coffee out in the sun, like, you know, just, just tune it up and trying to read. And I was like, man, I could have sworn, like, I would have, I would have seen that. So, all right, good. Now I feel a lot better. So podcast can go on. I feel bad about it. I was like, well, why isn't it up? But I was like looking for the link when it ranks and it was a while back and I'm like, it hasn't run. And then I looked <laughs> into the, the thing and it's like, it's like, did you miss this, Paul? So we're having another conversation right now. And maybe Paul's holding it back. He just took the information and signed it from everyone. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's using it. Mm-hmm. He's using it on his podcast, but it's not out for everyone to see. Oh, so. man. Jenny, did you get any Ian Kennedy this week? I did not. I didn't have a whole lot of bids in on closers this week. Um, I right, Like I said, I only played... Closers, right? Well, I only also I only played 15. So like Bautista was gone. You know, a lot of those guys that were the big specs were gone. So I got um yeah, I didn't end up with any in Kennedy. I had him on a bid list, I think, in one league where I had Sir Anthony Dominguez, and that was about it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was uh I was in for all the Kennedy crow types, um, with the next guy on the list, but from for me for Ian Kennedy is uh he's going to be a possible differentiator in a lot of my draft champions teams. <laughs> he was he was a guy I targeted heavy at the end, you know. Um he was one of those guys that thought he was going to going to go, you know, and get a and get a job, you know, and and be the guy. And uh so he sprinkled across a lot of my draft champions. So hey, if he can give me a boost in saves in those leagues, I'd be pretty happy. Actually, in one of those um um those nfc 50s you know the 50 team um the 12 team draft and hold like i'm in 12th overall and um but i have only nine saves but i have ian kennedy and it's like if he just gives me like five saves i could probably get like <laughs> 100 points so i'm just like hoping that ian kennedy goes on a run um and uh, yeah, him and yeah. So Will Crow is the other guy I mentioned. Um, he was picked up in 34 leagues as high as 64 bucks. And um, I think the, the non, the non timeline on David Bednar kind of made me a little more aggressive, I think, than just, you know, trying to throw a, a, a couple of bucks here um, because there was no news really on Bednar, no timeline. And I don't know. I was just like thinking that this may be something that, you know, can be good for longer than a couple of weeks, you know, it could be. Well, the one thing is like during the season, if we get a guy like this, when there's no other closer situations, like he's the one guy, this would be like 50 you know, people would be dropping $50 on him. Like there are right. instances of this. And I think if he was like the one person, people would be going crazy. And it was like, well, he was just kind of an afterthought or not even picked up in some leagues. And I think that that was, might have been one where some people could have made a mistake where it's like looking back to like, oh, I, I should have just taken the saves from him instead of guessing on like, who's going to be the, um, uh, the angels closer. I, I think it's to Pura now. It's kind of looks that way. Um, it's like three different guys have gotten. Right. Same, right. Yeah. And same with, um, same with Oakland. Like, what are you doing there? Or like Fairbanks, are you dealing? Like I had crow, like I dropped 
Fairbanks for him. Cause I was like, I think I'm going to at least get some saves for a couple of weeks or maybe the rest of the season, who knows what Bednar and just go with that, take what I can right now. And then just deal with saves, you know, with a month left when people might be dropping them, like the whole, the one minute landscape is just kind of the wild, wild west. Yeah, I totally, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I preferred Crow over, over those, you know, committees, Sure, and yeah, fair. He, I definitely think he's better than Fairbanks. Uh, I think he's gonna get a good run of uh, of saves, but yeah, the you did mention two teams that I don't know, you know, Oakland and 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 the Angels, it's just like they're gonna have three guys there running. I don't, I don't know because Tapera hasn't really been great, that's the thing. Like when I was just looking and comparing, you know, just like the their, their their leverage usage and he was just like allowing a lot of walks too um that doesn't really play well but you know and then what but with her get and Kata, you have like the arbitration things they have to worry about but i don't know what the angels the angels are doing anyway and the a's the a's could be the same way they can go sneakily back to jimenez or they can keep you know um having jackson get one and puck comes in for like a one-out save when they can't get the job done it's uh it's it's tough. It's it's tough to speculate on those teams. We'll go with um the next guy in the list on your Kansas City Royals, Jeff, Mr. Michael Massey. Um, got a little bit of a speed, possible power combination here. He should have a clear run at playing time for the rest of the season, right? Um, he went for as high as 47 bucks and he got sprinkled across uh let's see 34 leagues, 34 main event leagues. Um seemed to be a pretty popular bid. What's your thoughts on Massey going forward, Jeff? Um I'm kind of torn with him, is that he has like airs everything out. And I don't know if the home runs are going to, he had some in the minors are going to make it to the majors, like in the larger parks and so forth, because I don't know if he's got enough power to, to hit him out. So I think mm-hmm. if he, as long as he kind of maintains like a line drive approach, I think it's fine. But so far it's like a 20% ground ball rate. And like I said, in trip, uh, a few triple A bats, it was like 26%, 30, like you kind of want the 40, 20, 40, like for the ideal one. So Joey Gallo is the one that has like these high, you know, fly, you know, high fly ball rates, but his like exit velocities are a lot higher. So I'm kind of a little bit worried there. Otherwise, all the skill sets pretty nice. I think um, makes decent contact. He probably doesn't walk as much as people would like, but um, there could be something here or it could kind of be a disaster. Um, I'm a little bit, I don't know what, how it's going to end up being, working out for him but um he, yeah, I, yeah he'll get a nice run and i think like i don't know i kind of get like a paul de jong feel but that's not exactly right either like hmm. some power and kind of hurting for batting average even though like i said he's putting up the batting average right now it's crazy in the minors how 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 high his fly ball rate and also how high his babbit was it's like the 395 pap up in triple a with a 51 percent fly ball rate that's that's pretty wild, but I didn't, actually didn't know he put it in the air that much um, until you mentioned it. Um, it's put that's pretty interesting. He, he, I mean, he his, his launch angle right now in the majors is already twenty six eight, so it's definitely yeah, definitely a high uh, high ball approach. But from a guy who makes pretty good contact, um, it's definitely interesting. And I, it just 
the Royals in general, like, I feel like this, are they going to be giving, you know, Eaton a shot, you know, to see what he has, like Nate Eaton and, you know, they still have Isbell, but then you have this money tied into Dozier and, and Michael A. Taylor, um, you know, I guess they'll just sprinkle in enough playing time to see how those guys are looking for next year. Is that what you're kind of seeing what they're going to do for the rest of the season? Yeah. And I think Taylor, they like his defense out there, especially with the younger guys next to him, depending on who else is out there. They really don't have plus defenders otherwise. I mean, MJ Melendez out there sometimes. Dozier is not the answer anywhere. So especially after the trades, get rid of wit that I, it's really kind of rough out there in the outfield. So I think Taylor's going to say quite a bit and they'll bring the other guys in, but I think Massey's going to get a good, they'll get a good look at him. I just don't know what, what, what his profile is going to be. It's just a weird, with that much fly ball, maybe he has more power than he's shown so far with his exit velocities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that if, you know, if he hits a ball, puts a max exit velocity up of 113, I I'm all in then, but right now, you know, he's below average. He's not at the 108. I usually, unless they're hitting 108, I'm kind of considering below average. Like that's kind of the threshold of, on max. And um, he hasn't put a ton of balls in play, but we'll, we'll see how it works out. Vinny P just hit another homer, baby. Two on the day. This is what I need in my life. Wow. This is my <laughs> main event is still in last place in home runs. <laughs> I, need like uh, tw- I need like 15 to move up. You so. mentioned MJ Melendez. Um, catchers. I think it's kind of going to be a nice little group of catchers next year, right? We have all these young catchers that are kind of coming up and, you know, joining the, you know, the JTR, Sal P and, you know, like the, the staples. Um, it's like it might be an interesting position next year. I don't know. I think it's going to be juicy. Yeah. Um, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. That's, the one thing catchers kind of like, I always feel like they're like closers. Like someone feels like they need to get one if they didn't get one of the top ones. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'd like draw a line. There's like maybe six I'm interested in. And if I don't, I'm fine paying the higher price for those guys, especially if they get some steals. Like after that, like 29th and 30th round, like I just don't care. Maybe in the 15, I might pay up a little bit more. Like I might, I might have a bottom line. Like, okay, I went up one of the top 24 of them. Like these last six are just really horrible, but there's no reason to really pay up beyond that. It's like just grind and just end up picking some people up. Like MJ Melendez, like no one was drafting him and, um rally. yeah yeah jenny did you have any interest in matthew this week i did i had him on some bid lists i ended up getting him in tgfbi for a few bucks i'm i'm really hoping that i don't regret that move though only because i dropped christopher morrell for him who then immediately turned around and had a grand slam yesterday i believe yeah so uh yeah it's i'm hoping that that's not going to be a mistake because i've kind of hoping to get a good feel of how much he's going to play because they sort of have this like Lopez, Massey, Dozier kind of Isbell sort of one person sort of sitting out every day so far. So I'm hoping that it doesn't become like a, you know, that he plays four games in a five game week or five games in a seven game week or something like that to kind of make it just not valuable enough, you know? Yeah. Morel is tough. I I mean, he started losing a lot of time and then, Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, it, uh I dropped them in uh in one league I had him just I don't know. It, it seemed like they were just gonna start to get magical more looks and it's I don't know. 
again, uh, Jeff noted in earlier in the uh, in the pod, we I think we were anticipating some some moves that didn't get made, and you know maybe guys like Nelson Velasquez were were popular speculative ads, you know, in case Hap left, and then they just go out and they get Fran Reyes, who is now DH. Ah <laughs> uh, man, crazy, crazy, crazy team. Um, let's see who else we have here. Rowan Wick. Speaking of. The Cubs, Ron Wick, who's pretty terrible, but he, the opportunity is there. He's uh, the last guy standing, right? Um, after they traded away Frost, uh, Robertson, and Michael Givens, um, I guess he was the he was the ad that uh, instead of the speculative Efrost, But um, I picked him up in a, a bunch of league just where I needed saves and probably overpaid. But you guys have any interest in Ron Wick? He was on the drop down. So he might have been ahead of Croak. So I thought he might keep it for the whole year on mine. Like they were pretty close. But um, yeah. maybe Wick and possibly in some of the 15s. I saw he was rostered. He was like pre his roster rate was a little bit higher. I think some people were taking a chance on him instead of Afros type of mm-hmm. thing. So I think that's why he's actually lower this week because some people were guessing on him. But if he's a closer, he's getting saves. He's going to have values for some teams. Yep. Yeah, this was my. Uh... This was my Finnegan of this year. So I picked him up in a few places on at the end of July, that last week of July pickup. Cause I was kind of just thinking, you know, I didn't think that Efros was going to get traded, but I thought that Wick might get the job over Efros just because, you know, he had the the closer experience tag and some of those other things that managers like to do. So I took a chance thinking that, you know. I could get him for practically nothing. And, you know, there, he, there might be a chance of them going to him. And then it worked out when they traded F Ross along with everybody else. So, you know, I'm feeling like that's my Finnegan moment, you know, <laughs> my Finnegan moment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hopefully he can be your Finnegan for you. Uh, as he was for last year for a lot of um, people got a nice boost and save. So just depending on how many games the Cubs actually win. Right. That's uh Always yeah. what it falls down to. Uh, Mr. Lars Newtbar, uh, great name, picked up in 32 leagues, 32 main event leagues, for as high as 42 bucks. He's had a nice string of playing time, got a little situation in Colorado for the beginning of the week. Um, got Juan Yepes working his way back, possibly to bump him out of some playing time, but seems to have been established, been played every single day since July 24th, including lefties now. Um, did you guys have any interest in Lars Newtbar? Yeah, wherever. Um, if I was going to stream, if I had an extra spot, especially with those games in Colorado and the four teams with only two games, and um, he really hasn't done much else besides just kind of like accumulating runs and RBIs. So I was, I don't know if I'll keep him beyond this week, but it's tough to pass up. Like I said, he might just be a one-week Band-Aid, or depending on how things work out next week, he may just stay around. Right. Yeah, I didn't uh, – I, I had him on my list and then kind of forgot about him a little bit on Sunday. Um, so that was my bad, I guess. But he does, like, when I – you know, I took another look at him today, and you know, he's playing every day. He's got a good strikeout rate, good walk rate. He's, there seems to be sort of this influx lately of these good contact guys – so, you know, he's just sort of in that, in that Cardinals devil magic realm too. So you got that, but yeah, I, I missed out on him everywhere. 
Yeah, I kind of um, I've I've had him on the watch list for most of the year because you know I read like that article in the beginning of the year and on him on Driveline how he added like you know eight miles an hour bat speed and you know he totally totally like put in the work to become a different player and um, in the last you know couple of weeks you kind of see it in like the pull rates and uh, the fly ball rates and. Um, is like rolling barrel chart too is, is really, really impressive. So I kind of, I, I took a chance on him. I kind of think that um, I know there was reports that Yepes is still having problems throwing the ball, um, even though that's not having problems swinging, but I think he's going to cement himself here. Um, I think the move trading Bader out kind of made me feel a little stronger about the playing time too. And um, yeah, I don't know. All the skills seem to be rolling in very well so i needed some outfield help and he was a popular bid on my bid list this week and uh, of course now i have a just a great name i gotta have to change my all my team names to revolve around lars newbar um <laughs> but uh let me get you guys opinion on a couple of things here so a lot of people kind of uh speculated on cj abrams trying to i guess be ahead of the curve of him possibly getting called up um the Washington Nationals traded for him for Juan Soto and then sent him down. Um, and thinking this might be like a Kybert Ruiz type of thing where uh, I guess that's the kind of, uh, you know, thing they use to describe him. He has to get acclimated to the organization before he comes up to play. Um, do you guys think he is going to make it up to the majors this year in time to help fantasy owners down the stretch? Um. I went and talked to Jason Martinez today on him and wanted to know kind of the, um, how they're going to manipulate his uh, service time. And it mm. sounds like he needs a month down to kind of gain, to make sure he gains some um, super two. So since they're not really playing for anything and he might get, it might be a month for him down there getting acclimated to get like, so they can save some money on the super two, which I mean, some of the pitchers that they have that are horrible or not even starting, you know, that they're paying a ton of money to, I could see them try to do that. So good point. Um, there's some talk that they're um, looking at moving Cesar Hernandez to third. That was, um, there's an article from MLB and then move Garcia back to second. So it might be Abrams down for a while if they're just going to manipulate his service time. And it's going to be about a month. So um, that's a lot. That's one thing yeah. just to kind of to keep in mind that I don't know if I'm going to hold him that long. I think if he comes up, it's going to be within a week or if it, and you know, drags along, you might just kind of look at when that perfectly that service time was. Um, but yeah, Jason said it's going to be like 30 days. He has to stay down to kind of Man. make sure that he's not going to have um, super two. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. That's that's a very very good tidbit right there. That 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 says a lot, and I think there's a lot to say too about how young he really is and how much you know time in the minors he's had. It's just really, um, you know, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of a testament to him and what they think about him. Just even the Padres and bringing him up and and letting him play this much this year. You know, they definitely had a need for him, but you know, he didn't have a lot of. Uh, you know, playing time in the minors between the COVID year and him breaking his leg. Um, so, but that's, um, that's interesting. It's a good tidbit. Jenny, do you have any CJ Abrams anywhere? You're holding him? 
at all? No, I don't. I'm not somebody who holds somebody that's in the minors. I mean, I can't think of a time this year that I've done it. I just, I'm, I'm pretty ruthless with cuts. So anybody that gets sent down, they're pretty much immediately off my team. Gotcha. Minors guys need the most most holding out of anyone, Jenny. It's not, it's not <laughs> nice to be. <laughs> um, what do you guys think about uh, Ronji Contreras? Is he worth adding um, to see if he comes up or is he worth holding if you have him? Asking a, asking for a friend. <laughs> um, I, I had and cut him months ago. Whenever he got sent back down, I just don't think that – I don't know. I – I'm kind of with Jenny where it's like, especially with pitchers, I'm not holding, I got to have someone on my bench to, I'm going to be taking a chance on that. So at least in the majors are looking two weeks ahead. Yep. I picked him up after he was dropped by a lot of teams. And, you know, I think it's time, time to dump. Cause I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. I should have probably done it this week, but I, I get so hesitant on, the skills, I guess, you know, waiting for that to come up. But the Pirates, I guess this whole nother ball game. Jenny, what's your opinion? Uh, same thing? Not going to hold yeah. it. Yeah, that's same thing. it. I'm not holding it. You're ruthless. What about Trevor Rogers on the Marlins? Um, he was dropped in a couple of leagues. Is, is, is he a guy worth trying to, you know, maybe hope he can regain some of his form of last year or – is one of pitchers has just been so bad. It's just, uh, you know, it's not Patrick Corbin bad, but um, is it worth possibly speculating on him if you need some pitching? Yeah, he was available in a couple of my leagues. I think I had him neck down near the bottom of some of my bid list for a buck or two, just, you know, as a lottery ticket, but I didn't put anything substantial on him. I really like the league has to really be hurting. Um, for him, I have him rated so low. I, I don't know if I was one of the first to drop him, but I've, I don't know. It was a month or month and a half ago in a 12, I dropped him and he didn't get picked up the next week. So I think that's one thing. If you have multiple leagues, you can kind of gauge kind of the demand for other players. Like you'll see him on the waiver wire and it's like, Oh, if I drop Trevor Rogers and I see him on my other league and I don't pick him up, like, well, maybe I should just drop him. Cause they're, you know, like just, no demand or anything else for him. Um, you probably gain a little bit better knowledge if you play certain types, like where you're playing all 15s, Jenny, you kind of have an idea of like, oh, this guy will just stay on the wire or, or you know, players like him or kind of always available. I can go ahead and drop him. Um, I kind of, I might drop too many players in the 15s just because I play so many 12s. Like I'm just kind of used to just churning and putting a lot of, the thing I do with like 12s is like, if you just look at it, it's like, Everyone, there's no one DL'd on any team. They just throw them on the wire, and then you just pick them up whenever they start getting healthy again. It's right. it's a whole different ball game with the twelves. It's like you just look out there, and it's like all oh, these guys are great, but like it's all these. You look at like the most owned list, and it's like all of them are IL or hurt players for like the first twenty guys. Yep, yep, good point. Did you guys catch any drops that were kind of you know maybe caught your head, you know, scratch your head a little bit as that was an interesting kind of drop? I know time cuff to see in those 12 team leagues but what about you jenny you see anything in like a main event that kind of caught your eye in your league or any of the other leagues somebody was uh prophetic when they dropped matt carpenter which i thought was an interesting move and then turned out to be a smart one when he breaks his foot hmm. but um 
Yes, I saw a couple of drops of Hunter Green, which was kind of interesting, especially since he had a good start on Sunday. But yeah, the only other things that I noticed is, you know, sometimes I see drops that like, I don't understand how they weren't dropped a long time ago. Yes. You know, like Jazz <laughs> yeah. Chisholm, Robbie Grossman, Stephen Matz. Like those are drops that just happened this Sunday. And I'm like, where, what, where has been happening to these people? <laughs> yeah. Robbie Grossman. I mean, that, that should have been a while ago, you know? I totally, totally agree with that. I, I, I see a lot of those too. I know what you mean. We like, wow, this, you just made this move now, you know, um, some guys are out for the season for two or three weeks already. And they're just, just getting around to being dropped right now. Uh, have you had any regrettable drops this year, Jenny, like any ones that like you wish you could really have back? Yeah. And one of, in my, uh, good main, I dropped Spencer Strider. Uh, oh. that was early on. That was, uh, well, it wasn't so early. He, it was when he was, uh, you know, still a middle reliever. So I had him for a while and then kind of moved on from needing a middle reliever on that team and just let him go. And interestingly, I had Cole Irvin on a bunch of my teams and dropped him off of all my teams all in one week. And I don't remember the circumstances, whether he had a tough, I think it was coming up to like having a start against Houston and then a start against Toronto the following week or something like that. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to use him the next two weeks. And what am I holding him for, you know? And then he still kept up being good, but yeah, I'm hoping I don't regret dropping. I dropped Framel Reyes in my, in my good name this weekend. And I sh- probably should have done it earlier. He's just been so bad, but you, know, you just hang on and hope. And, and now watch, he's going to, you know, break out with the Cubs. Yeah, he probably will, <laughs> for sure. You, you mentioned Spencer Strider when he was a middle reliever. Have you do do you go down the middle reliever like role at all? Have you added any like of the Michael Kings or maybe Andres Munoz guys who just like lights out and can help your you know team at all? Are you have you been rostering any of those players this year? Yeah, for different times throughout the season, I've had those guys on different teams. It's just, it's a sort of a nice backup plan to have as your last pitcher on your bench when you just happen to not have any good, you know, all your guys seem to have a bad matchup all at the same time. And you can kind of throw them in there and try to get, you know, three or four innings and six strikeouts and, you know, maybe a win in those middle relief spots and hope for the best. But it's sort of a, an emergency plan for yep. me what about you jeff Re- regrettable drop and do you have any use for mrs um most regrettable drop was last week going in the deadline i added f ross and dropped trevor williams that was a good move there so <laughs> um um so i was like oh i could have had a closer and picked up a guy that wasn't and he went for an insane amount um coming back as a closer i was like as a middle reliever is in a 12 there's no reason to like it's like if i'm going to use a middle reliever i'm going to get a guy that could possibly have you know become a closer like oh i didn't know he was going to you know hater was going to be the one getting traded i didn't didn't see that one at all so um yeah i don't know if that was more surprising or the iglesias one so that was one that just like bit me right now um for the middle relievers it comes down to each week where it's like um I remember with Trevor Williams was one where it's like, I'm have eight guys I want to start and I need another pitcher. Do you mean, so, sorry, do you mean Devin Williams? Devin, Devin, sorry. Yeah, Devin. I was say, yes, Trevor Devin. Williams, like, he's on the Mets and he's. Yeah. He's, I, 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So no, no, no. Sure. It was Devin. It was Devin. Sorry. I actually wrote Trevor down here. That's why I keep saying it. Um, no, it was Devin <laughs> Williams. Yeah, I had, but it's like a 12, like in a 15, I wouldn't have happened, but in a 12, right. I was like, why am I keeping a middle reliever around type of yep. thing? I got to start grinding this. And, um, but, um, yeah, it comes down to like that week where it's like, okay, I've got eight guys I want to throw. These other guys got bad matchups. So I'm going to add a starter and I'll be like, okay, these starters I'm willing to go. And then I start with the middle relievers. And earlier in the season, I would kind of attack. Um, I like like Burke out of Texas. He was throwing a lot of innings, Lopez yep. out of the White Sox. But kind of now I've moved into like the closest by committee. A lot of those guys are on the waiver wire. So I just kind of grab like the Tampa guys, put them in my bid list and see mm-hmm. if I can get a win or a save out of them. Um, Seawald out of Seattle. I've kind of put him in a few times. Um in the 12, sometimes Duran's out there. Yeah, like he's not really the closer, but he sort of is. Like, there's a lot of those guys, the guys from um, Cincinnati, whoever's closing this week. There, <laughs> I might put them in because on the 12s are out there. So I kind of have a list of like ranking my middle relievers of the ones that I want. At the beginning of the year, I kind of was like looking for them, and now I just they're kind of just out there, and you kind of know the Tampa guys. So usually, I just rank put the top three of those guys down because they're a lot of them are always on the wire, and you can just stream them for the week if you have to they've been good you just don't know what you're going to get but you never know with the middle relievers anyway right right i remember um last year you you had some cool insight into like ways to you know scoop up a, a middle reliever or a possible spec closer for that following week based on like who pitched on the sunday you know i know that that was one thing now i'm constantly looking out for now like you know knowing that they have a better chance of picking up two appearances or maybe three if, you know, if they don't pitch that weekend or something like that. So that's something I always try to look at too. Um, awesome. I think I kept you guys for a good enough amount of time. Um, but Jenny, I know you wanted to talk about your, your weekend trip this week. Yeah. You, are you going to see another I, baseball stadium? I am. I'm trying to get them all. This will be number 13, I think. Wow. So I'm going to Boston this weekend. So I'm leaving on Thursday and they're playing um, the Orioles on Thursday. So we're going to see, oh, it's just some terrible pitching matchup. I can't remember who it is, but it's just, it's, it's hopefully going to be some run scored. It's Austin Voth against Josh Winkowski, Josh, Josh Winkowski. There you go. And then, yeah. But then the weekend is against the Yankees. So um, we're going to go both Thursday and Friday. So on Friday, I'm going to see, Red Sox Yankees, which I personally know, you know, skin in the game. So that's kind of fun, but it's right now lining up to be Eovaldi and Frankie Montas. So that should be interesting. And awesome. I, um, for the Yankee game, I got uh, standing room only tickets on top of the green monster. Wow. Which should be fun. It, interesting. Like half the, it's like half the price to get standing room only tickets up there when, you know, I don't care about standing. So, you know, I'm just going to try to make sure I get there early enough to get like a good spot, you know, along that railing there and uh, hopefully be up there to catch an Aaron Judge home run or something. That's awesome. 13 stadiums. That's great. I got to get my ass out to some stadiums. I'm not not even close to that, but that's cool. I hope you have a lot of fun and don't don't fall, please don't fall from the. (laughs) I, I don't see we don't need to see any of that, you know. But um, I'll keep make the alcohol notice- consumption under control. M- make yourself noticeable, <laughs> like get a sign or something and, you know, 
you know, just something, you know, just, we want you, we want to see you on TV for sure. I get a big sign that says, hi, Rob. Okay. All right. That's easy (laughs) enough. That's easy enough. Awesome. Good stuff, Jenny. And um, are you um, doing anything right now in the fantasy content world? Are you writing any articles or doing anything? Let everyone know where you can find it. I'm writing for both Fantrax and Rotoballers. So for Fantrax, I have an article that comes out monthly looking ahead at the upcoming month at like schedules and, you know, matchups and things like that. And then um, I am kind of spotty, you know, just filling in here and there at Rotoballer when they need it. I did a, uh, an article this week for uh, the trade deadline on Tyler Molly and that trade, you know, breakdown of that trade. So it was fun. I'm going to try to get in, you know, be a little bit more proactive with them through the end of the season. But yeah, those are the two places that uh, you can find my stuff. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Jeff, what do you got going on these days? When When is the Launch Angle podcast coming back? Yeah. Man, well, it's just like a gaping hole in my podcast ear every week, man. That's kind of, well, the deal was, is Van has a day job and that's the only time really Rob and I can do it. So gotcha. Rob and I now have to host, which is a whole we were just kind of hoping Van might have got a new job, I think is where we were. And we're just like, oh, it isn't. So I have it on my to-do list to we have to figure out how to do it. And we have it. The one thing we're trying to do is to keep the podcast list like you would see our previous pods after it. And I don't know if that's going to be possible with the current way we're looking at. So we're trying to find a way that we can keep them. Some formats would allow it. Other ones won't. Easiest ones for us won't. But we just need to get down and get it done sometime. So um, hopefully soon, but that's kind of what happened. I kind of bowed out for a bit and then just work made it impossible for us to do it anymore with van hosting. So yeah, I don't know if... um, yeah, me and Robert aren't exactly on the technical side of things. So that's kind of where we were. We were asked around for a bit to see if there was someone else that was wanting to host and no one else wanted to step up. So you um, didn't ask me. Oh, so we're going we're to be going during the day. You ready? Uh, you and Rob, I'll make it. I'll make an exception. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. We got it then. Same <laughs> people with day jobs are screwing everything up. I'm no Van Lee. I know that on the mic, but you know, I can, I could bring something, you know, I can, I can just ask the questions and let you guys uh, do the rest. You know, that's the way it's the easiest podcasting around. It sounds like get two smart guys on the mic and just, you know, ask the questions. <laughs> I know the off season one's kind of easy. It's just like, we just start at like pick, I don't know, round yes. 10 somewhere and just start going those down. Are good. I like those, those are the best. Honestly. Yes. I love those because you know, everybody, everybody knows the players at the top. And when you guys go down the list and um, it kind of runs like with your, with your fan graphs articles on, on, you know, like the late round pitchers and it's just perfect. Cause it's like the perfect time of the year to really be, you know, start, you know, start jotting guys down that maybe you kind of weren't looking at deeper in the draft. And, you know, those are the picks that help you so much over the course of the year. So yeah, I love those. I love those podcasts for sure. Cause, uh, it's um it it's different. It's it's so different from what else is out there. And it's just a whole bunch of players that no one's really targeting and talking about. So yeah, I can't wait for that again for sure. It's gonna be good stuff. So all right. Um yeah, really appreciate you guys taking the time out and uh you know, filling the big shoes of Todd Whitestone 
that is the Todd Whitestone for sure. Um, it's a tough job. Yes, tough job, tough job. Someone's got to do it. But um, I appreciate you, you guys a lot. So um, yeah, awesome. Hope you guys well down the stretch. Kick some ass, win some leagues, win some money, and um, we'll see each other in uh, Las Vegas, hopefully. Yes, definitely. Yes, definitely. All right, awesome guys. Thank you so much. Alrighty, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Poor Hitter Podcast. Thanks for everyone who's written a review and um, rated the show, took out you know a couple extra seconds of their day to do that. It really means a lot. And um, yeah, truly, truly appreciative of that. And uh, thanks for having to reach out on Twitter or email and just uh, talk baseball or life. Um, usually a good mix of both. So um, yeah. Hope everyone has a wonderful week, and I'll be back at you on Thursday um, with a little lineup pod, as well as I think I'm going to be on the Rotowire podcast, um, so look out for that with Jeff Erickson. So, um, yeah, one love, everyone. Don't be a bag of shit.